Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Which Psalm did I say? Psalm 23. Here we go. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows or runneth over, as the King James would say. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, and the word of the Lord is blessed. Come on, somebody give God praise in that moment for his word. If you will, on your way to your seat, look at your neighbor, tell him, Jesus walks. Come on, come on. That track uh, that, that Giovanni was rapping on, you know, it is uh, the song, the famous song um, by Kanye West known as Jesus Walks. And... You know, obviously Kanye has been in the news a lot lately uh, for many reasons, but especially most recently because of the decision that he has made to become a Christian. And he's been declaring that Jesus Christ is king. And uh, that's really exciting. That's an extremely exciting thing because it's amazing how the Lord has taken the platform that he had to do what the enemy meant for evil. And God has been able to turn it around. To where no matter what you think about him at this point, come on somebody. Even no matter what happens in the future, he has declared that Jesus Christ is king. And it's amazing because this song, this is where in 2019, that song was actually released back in 2004. And it's incredible because he's talking about, you know, uh, Jesus walks with me and he's making this declaration. However, when you look at his life at the time and then you looked at his life after this some would look and say man are you serious fam like i don't know if you actually know that jesus walks with you uh, because of the lifestyle that he was leading but i appreciate the fact that in that moment that the lord begun working on his heart watch this and that jesus he was cognizant enough about the presence of the lord in that moment and he realized that jesus was walking with him until he made G he made jesus king of his life Oh man, man, man. So look, so Jesus was walking with him and it got to the place where after uh, years that he has come to the place where he has made Jesus king. And I'm so glad, man. I'm so glad because there are many people who look and they criticize. I'm just so glad uh, that the fact of the matter is that Jesus did not just start walking with us when it is that we get it together and start declaring that he is Lord. In fact, the Bible makes it clear in Romans chapter 5. It's a great chapter. You should read it. And I just feel the preach creeping up on me early. I'm trying to behave. But I just want you to understand the Bible says that while we were yet sinners. Come here. Anybody that loves the gospel this morning. While we were yet sinners that Christ died for the ungodly. Oh man, he didn't, he didn't just start walking with us when we took our first breath. But even before we, our eyelids cracked open, even before we inhaled for the very first time, Jesus had died for the sins of mankind. Isn't that good stuff right there? 
So for those that think that Jesus is just walking with you when it is that you make the decision to make him king. No, Kanye taught us <laughs> that Jesus was walking and that Jesus walks even before you get to the place where you are ready to declare that he is king. And I love it because there are many people that look at Kanye's life now and they're like, well, look at his political views and look at what he has to say. And you may disagree with his political views or his politics but I'm so glad that a relationship with Jesus come on somebody and that salvation has nothing to do with politics oh man some of y'all are quiet in this place because you don't like it but it's it might be tight but it's right because there's some of you that that you don't that's why there are some of us that won't hang out especially in the state they won't hang out if you're a Republican you won't hang out with a Democrat and there are churches that are built upon political views and perspectives when in actuality none of them are actually even doing anything to change the climate in the United States or in Canada. They're just card carrying. Oh man. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I didn't come to preach about politics. I just want you to understand that there are often times that we allow ourselves to be hindered from or, or uh, to, to stop from celebrating the transformative work of God in people's lives because they don't have it together altogether. But I'm so glad that that's not the way that Jesus decides to deal with us. He doesn't wait till we have it all together. Your thing might not be politics, but how many of you know that there's stuff in your life and my life right now that's annoying to Jesus right now? Oh man, y'all don't want to be real with me. There's some stuff in my life that I don't even know about that's annoying to Jesus. And we're so busy criticizing and talking about other people and trying to shun their conversion experience. I'm so glad that God doesn't save us to have it all together. But he saves us because we don't have it all together. Come on somebody. And that he starts walking with us from even when stuff is off and we are not where we should be. Are you with me? And so Jesus walks with us. I love the story of Cornelius because in Acts chapter 10, I don't have time to get into it, but I want you to write this down. Acts chapter 10 and check it out. The story of Cornelius. He was from the Italian band. He was not a Jewish guy at the time when many people thought the new Christians of the time, they thought that Christianity was just for Jewish people. And Cornelius is there and he be, and being around individuals that were worshiping God, he caught wind of this God. He didn't even know about Jesus at that moment. And the Lord goes, and tells Peter that he is to go in summary and witness to Cornelius and tell him about the gospel and so sort supernaturally uh, Cornelius is in a position where he knows about God and he's hearing about this God of the Jews but he then is sent Peter is then sent to go and give him further revelation and God honored him where he was at the moment, even though he didn't have full revelation. Man, you know that there are people in there are Hindus in this city. Come on, somebody. There are mosques, there are Muslims in this city. Can I just get get away from the PC stuff for a second? There are atheists in this city who are beginning to become awakened to even the thought process or the possibility of their being God. Come on. And you need and I need to realize that God, can I just talk about mission for a moment? God has sent and us on mission to be individuals that will come and bring the gospel and while you're wondering how people are going to respond the bible makes it clear john 6 44 none can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them god is drawing people he's setting them up and he's positioning them come on somebody so that you and i can bring the good news about jesus to them and they will respond
in a favorable manner. And so don't, don't, don't shun people and realize Jesus even walks with Hindus and Jesus walks with Muslims and atheists and his desire is for them to come into a position and Buddhists and, and, and uh, people who are in a position where they're Gnostic. Jesus walks with them too and we believe that, that salvation is of the Lord and nobody is exempt from experiencing the salvific life-changing power of God. And so I love it because here in the passage in Psalm 23, if you could just turn there with me for a moment, I'm excited to share around it today uh, because, again, as I said, it's familiar for some, uh, but it's maybe new for some of you. And I just love to have the opportunity to introduce you to it. And then even for those who know it, maybe we can learn something around the context uh, that will help to deepen your perspective on this passage. Uh, it's, it's often described as the most, the most popular passage in the Old Testament in fact it you know other than our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name other than this and that's a Jesus uh, makes this declaration in the New Testament but I would say other than that this is probably the passage that is quoted the most in a general context even outside of Christian barriers and so uh, it is one of the most popular it's probably undisputed uh, the most popular uh, uh, chapter in the Old Testament it's widely regarded that David everybody say David who was a shepherd but then became a king that David is the author of this and this gives us some background and some context because although there is ambiguity around the date uh, and the time that it was written we know that it's David and the way that it's penned it's 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 penned in a manner that would encourage us or that is indicative of it being an older person or an aged person that is writing and so we believe, we believe and scholars would agree that it's that David is writing about his perspective or the revelation that he has received from God uh, in his later years. And so he's writing, he's writing. Uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, he, he, he is a king in this moment, right? And he is, an, he is an older king. But the fact is that although he's an older king, he's writing in recollection of when he used to be he's remembering he's remembering when he used to be a shepherd he's remembering when he was out on the field and 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 in the story goes that you know that he was faced with a lion and he was on another time faced with a bear that was coming to attack was coming to attack his sheep and God uses him he uses him to be able to slay both a lion and a bear how incredible is this and not only this, but supernaturally, God gives him the ability to fight Goliath. And so he faces this individual who proposes a threat to Israel. And, and he, he, he stands up against this giant as a young man. And God uses him with five smooth stones to be able to lick down this giant. And so he's remembering back. To when he used to be a shepherd and we believe that this is the backdrop for when he declares in psalm 23 verse 1 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and you know why this is powerful i, I love this jeff i love this stuff it's just so it's just i just love the imagery of this because when you think about it he's looking back to when he was a shepherd and he's saying he's saying i remember how i used to be with my sheep and in this like manner god is revealing to him who God is to him through who he was in the past can I can I give you point number one 
I just want to set this up. The Lord is my shepherd. Here's point number one for you. Uh, it will be up on the screens for you. God will often use who you are to others to reveal who he is to you. Listen, God will often use who you are to others to reveal who he is to you. Some of the roles that you and I play in the lives of others. God is often teaching you who he is to you in this manner. As you are being used to be generous to others, God is showing you oftentimes how he is generous, his, his, how he is generous towards you. There are many of you who are covering others, and as you're covering others, it's pointing as we give glory to God, it points back to how God is such a great covering for us. In the roles as you teach, God shows you, can use it to show you how you, how he is the great teacher through the Holy Spirit to you. Are you following me? And so David, David, if we look back, he's, he's looking back with, with retrospective analysis. And he's saying, hey, I'm looking back as to when I was a shepherd and how it was that I used to guard the sheep and how I, in that moment, fought off danger that was coming up against me. How a lion and a bear, which were things that were greater than me in and of myself, come on somebody, that I was in a position where I was able to conquer those threats that came up to, against me. He's saying, in a like manner, God does these same things and God is a shepherd towards me. And so in passing, oftentimes, God will use who you are to others to reveal who he is to you. And now in this passage, I'm excited about this uh, because, you know, I love expository preaching. I love taking stuff out of the text. And it's powerful because God in this passage is actually presented in, in a twofold manner. It's not just a shepherd. We're going to deal with the shepherd this week, but he's presented as a shepherd and then also as a gracious host. And so this week, I love it because we're going to talk about this and, and don't miss week two, don't miss week two, uh, because I believe there's going to be some in interesting and impactful things in the next two, over the next two weeks. But I want to start this week with dealing about uh, the Lord being our shepherd, as David declares. And not only this, I love the theological ba balance in this passage. Theology is who God is and his relationship to mankind in summary, right? And I love the balance that's in this passage because it's not just presenting and talking about God in uh, the case of prosperity. It talks about him in prosperity and also in challenge. I love it. I love it. So, so it's a balance. It's about, you know, those, you know, those power bars that you eat that kind of come with all sorts of stuff in there. And it's just has everything that you need and you can just eat one and it can be a meal replacement. I love it because we kind of find all of that here in the passage. And so in dealing with it, this dance between prosperity and tragedy, we find the psalmist declares the Lord is my shepherd shall not want says he makes me to lie down in green pastures again going back to the lord is my shepherd i love this because here in the we find that in the both the old testament and the new testament that god reveals himself as a shepherd through david he reveals himself as a shepherd in the old testament and jesus declares of himself which is a claim at deity at him saying in he's 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 pretty much positioning himself is the same way that David is declaring of God. In John chapter 10, verse 1 through 18, I don't have time to read it all the way through, but especially verses 14, or verses 11 and 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. 
He says, I'm the good shepherd. And he, he talks about how he takes care of the sheep, which is us and those who have responded to him and those who he is even drawing to himself. Because he says, I have sheep that are not of this fold. Oh, my. I just I just love that. I love it so much. He says, I have sheep that are not of this fold. In other words, I, I was telling you about Hindus. And I was telling you about Muslims and people who are out there who are not yet had a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is calling people from everywhere and every religion. Are you with me? And he says that when they hear my voice, that they will come unto me. And this is why don't don't start tripping because of where people are right now. Jesus is walking with them. Oh my, and Jesus has the ability to walk with them from where they are until when they get to the place where they declare that Jesus is king. Are you still with me? Can we just paint this? So he presents himself as the shepherd. The Lord is his shepherd and there's a connection between Psalm 23. It's a claim at divinity and I I, I just love it because even in the passage, the the talk about uh, in John chapter 10, this thought about him being a uh, the contrast between the thief and and Jesus being the one or the shepherd who gives prosperity it's so similar to the to the makeup of Psalm 23 where he says in John 10 10 the thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy but he says but I am come as a good shepherd to give you life and that more abundantly and so there's a, there's a connection. I love it how we see this in the, in the passage because Jesus makes it clear that he is a shepherd. And that he is the shepherd that, that the psalmist is talking about. And the psalmist received this revelation through his experience about the Lord being positioned as a good shepherd in our life. Somebody say, Jesus is my shepherd. Come on, Jesus is my, my shepherd. And before Jesus left, before Jesus left and went, uh, went back to heaven and he sent us the Holy Spirit, he tells the disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, write this down. Matthew 28, verse 20. He says to them, Lo, I am with you always, oh, even until the end of the age or the world, some translations may say. And some people thought that he was just speaking about the time period that was that you know that they were living in at the moment no 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 but that is aside from the context he's encouraging that he would be with us always even until the end of the world that even if though he is not here physically the shepherding of God is not confined to his physicality come on somebody the shepherding of God is not confined to his physical presence being here with us Jesus is still walking with us even in his absence and he's left us the holy spirit and he shepherds us he shepherds and keeps us through the power of the holy spirit isn't that good news and so in this passage it's powerful i love what david says as we go line by line he says the lord is my shepherd he says i shall not want and yo when i when i used to hear that when i was growing up i was like why is this guy saying the lord is his shepherd but he don't want him He's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I thought he was saying, the Lord is a shepherd, like a supply teacher that I don't want or something. It just came across like that to me. But no, he's he's not contradicting himself or he's not saying he don't like Jesus or he doesn't like God as shepherd. He's saying, the Lord is my shepherd and I will want for nothing. 
Oh, this is so good. This is so good because there's somebody right now where your situation is looking crazy and you're like, man, I, I am in the midst of something crazy. You may even be depleted in the area of your finances. You may be even in an area where things are looking crazy and you're like, man, why is it? How can he declare this if his situation is looking like that? Well, I want you to understand, firstly, it may be because you are not walking in alignment with what God has called you to do. But oftentimes, can I just give you a news flash? Come on. The fact of the matter is that when David is declaring the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's not because of the fact that uh, there are times in your life when you won't have stuff. Come on. But when Jesus is your shepherd, you you're connected. Watch this to the source of all things. Oh my. And so even if what, I, mm, oh man, I, there might be things in my life that are not manifested or in my hand at the moment, but I can declare with assurance that because the Lord who is the source, everybody say the source, the source of all things is taking care of me. I know that when I need it, just like a good shepherd, that it will manifest and come to work in my life. Are you with me on this morning? You, you got to be to the place where you're able to declare it and where the, the situation that you're in does not hinder you from saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David understood. He had clarity about this. He understood. You know, note this. Can I give you point number two? Look, look, look. I want you to get this. Trust me, this is not semantics. Here it is. Jesus is not a resource. He is the source. <sighs> I'm about to take 15 laps. Jesus is not a resource. He is the source. This is the difference because some of you see a resource has to come from a source. <sighs> but Jesus is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. So look, so look, I'm not tripping because I don't have resources because as long as the source is my shepherd. Uh, I sh man, uh, this is, uh, are you catching this? It's not about resources. It's about being connected and being in alignment with the source. And so when you're connected with the source, when you're connected with Jesus, who is the shepherd, you need to understand that you are positioned to be able to have everything that you need. And, you know, when I was growing up, I'll never forget, man, in my household, there was just some sort of a security and peace that I had with having my parents as my parents. And my parents, and I later now know because they were trusting in the source and not resources. And it just there was just some security that was there. And I thought it was because of them. You know, it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter what we had. My mom, as I talk about all the time, my mom is a Bajan mother. We just had Bajan independence yesterday, by the way. 53rd independence. Big up Bim, Bimshire, Bimrock. But nonetheless, I digress. So look. But the thing is, they are magicians. They have the ability to be able to turn anything, come on, into something. And it was amazing to me because there would be times where we didn't have anything and food would just show up on the front step. Come on. There would be times when we needed someone to shovel the snow. I'll never forget this. It was my dad was away and there was, and, and no one knew, but it was my mom and us in the house. And I'll never forget how we looked out the window one time and the driveway was completely plowed. It was like perfect. The next door neighbors wasn't plowed. There was no way because we had that was when the snow see some of y'all didn't grow up when the snow used to be up to the door and you could barely get out you'd be like you'd be like 
If you didn't shovel the snow, you were struck. And we looked out like we needed to get out. I think it was a doctor's appointment we needed to go to or something of that nature. And we could not get out the house. And I'll never forget looking out the window. And I was like, Mom, come look. And we still to this day do not know how that driveway was plowed. Even though we did not have the resource at that moment of somebody that was there to be able to take care of it. Come on. Because we were connected to the source. Come on. God can skip resources. I wonder if there's anybody that gets it in this place. Because there's some of you who are tripping because of your bank account and you've been being faithful in your giving. You've been trying to be steward of your finances. You're not driving the latest and the greatest and your decision and your desire is to make sure that you're using wisdom around your finances and you're like, man, this landscape looks crazy in my life. But I wanted to let you know that if you're walking with Jesus, you're walking with the source. Come on. So even when the resources are out of order, that's not gonna scare me because guess what as long as my resources are placed in the hands of the source I shall not want somebody ought to declare that say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want come on go ahead and give the Lord some praise if you believe it he's the source the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift comes from above every good from the father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning so this is God is in general is the source the Bible makes it clear in Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 that God causes the sun and the rain to rise on fall and fall on the just and the unjust he is the source. He's not just the source for those who are following after him, but he is the source in general. My God, because some of y'all only think he's the source in the context of Christianity. But how many of you know that if you're linked up with Jesus, you're linked up with the boss of everything? Come on. He's not a resource. He's the source. In fact, that's good enough to preach to your neighbor, man. There's a lot of stomping going on up here because I'm just excited all to myself. If you could just tip your neighbor a high five, tell him neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Jesus, is the source, Jesus is the source. Not a resource. Come on. Yo, that's good news. That's good news. And I love it. So this is why he says, I shall not want. I don't even got a lot of time, but I got to preach this thing, man. Look, Matthew chapter 6. So I'm going to move. Matthew chapter 6. It's a familiar passage. It's a powerful and a potent passage. Matthew chapter 6. And I love it because this is why. This is why it should be a non-negotiable for you to be putting your resource in the hand of the source. Here it is, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34 says, Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. So there are resources, stuff, things that you can have. He's, and he categorizes all of these things. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Yeah. Woo. Are you not more value than they? 
I wonder if it's anybody that can praise God because you mean more to Jesus than a sparrow and an earthworm. Come on, somebody. Those squirrels, they always have something in their hand nibbling. Come on. And you and I think that God cares about them more than he cares about us. But somebody ought to give the Lord praise because he says that you mean more to him. To Oh, my. Look, look, look. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? There's some of y'all that invest in more time, come on, in gambling with worry than walking in the assurance that seeking God first offers. Come on. How many of you know that worry, the Bible says, will never add another day, will never put you in a position where stuff is going to start working in your life. It's just going to stress you out and stroke you out and put you closer to a heart attack, come on, and put you closer to a panic and a nervous breakdown. And in the end of it, the situation still going to be the same. But I wonder if there's anybody that walks with Jesus and that saying, you know what? I'm going to start walking with Jesus because when I put Jesus in the position where he is first and center in my life, when he's walking with me and he's talking with me, the things that I have need of, come on, I'm going to invest in him because he is the source. And it's assured that when I'm walking with him, that because he's my shepherd, I shall not want. Some of us, would, and it, I hear you, Lord. Some of us, we are more, we, you, you're, you're betting on the horses instead of trusting in Jesus. You don't know if Lucky's going to win. But Jerry, come on, somebody. You out here scratching and saving and you won't even give into the Lord's offering. If you want to punch card, you want to do what you want to do, go ahead and that's what you do. But I'm telling you, a lot of y'all trust gambling more than you trust Jesus. Come on, somebody. But I wonder if there's anybody who's tried him and knows that he is who he says that he is. I wonder if it's about three or four people. I just feel this preach that can give God praise because you tried him and you know that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Come on. When I was lonely, he came and he lifted my head. When I didn't have nothing when there I was wondering how I was gonna make it he came through and he provided for me somebody ought to give the Lord praise because you know that he is a provider and I shall not walk some of us we don't recognize his provision because of the package it comes in and it's been times when I didn't have anything and I told you guys before when my wife and I we gave and we're giving and we don't know how we're going to make it we don't know how stuff is going to work out and God would cause and the, both of them both of these individuals have now gone on to be with the Lord but the Lord I remember used this couple we didn't tell them nothing we were sitting up front we were ministers in the church that we were serving at and we didn't tell anybody anything about our issue at the time to a fault and I'll never forget we were walking outside and I think we were going home to have our last can of beans and some corn literally and while we were heading out into the parking lot this old lady this and, and this old gentleman they came up to us and they said hey come with me young man and a young lady for a second brought us to their car and they popped the trunk and in there I don't even know how they knew but I didn't eat meat at the time I was the vegetarian I think I was vegan at the time and they had all sorts of vegan food in there they had all sorts of stuff in there for us and they had no clue and I'm wondering how in the world do they know but how many of you know when Jesus is your shepherd Come on, when the Lord is your shepherd, you don't even have to tell 
tell people stuff and God will put things and people and positions and situation he will even cause some from uh, money to be skipped come on because when you're connected to the source he'll cause favor to show up in your life that sometimes is greater than money come on somebody I wonder if there's anybody that knows that sometimes favor is even better than money uh, okay I gotta move y'all I'm not even done through this passage look says which one of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life why are you anxious about clothing as he some of us we think everything's spiritual no no Jesus isn't talking about material things it's spiritual things no he says clothing and food and stuff consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field that the man them chopped down with the lawnmower which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith therefore don't be anxious here it is saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles or those who were at that time ungodly seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you have need of them all the people who were ungodly were going and seeking after resources instead of seeking after the source and they're consumed with anxiety about resources as opposed to looking to the one who gives resources and so he says that's why you're focused there's some of you that all you do you get up and you grind and you grind in for resources instead of putting the source in the place he he is supposed to be in oh look 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 oh this is revelation i hope you grab this and and after these things and then he says and this is the this is the text that we oftentimes will quote but this is the context of it but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and watch this and all oh somebody just shout all all these things will be added unto you the lord is my shepherd i shall not want i'm not living my life seeking after resources like ungodly people that's not when ben jesus is walking with you and when your revelation catches up to him walking with you come on somebody i know you want to go on that trip and oftentimes you want to do this or that but sometimes you got to say no to some things so you can make sure that your resources are positioned where jesus is first who am i talking to knowing that that trip that you want to go on how many of you know that god can even give you a better trip than the trip that you plan to cheat jesus with in order oh my i don't want to talk to anybody and be i just uh, there's some stuff in your life that you're being caught that you're in a place where you're going to compromise about it how many of you know that god can give you something better than what will be the fruit of your compromise if you seek him first i gotta calm down There's this person who seeks God first, trusts God as Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. Man, I'll tell you, I went to India, and I'll never forget, thank you, sir. i never forget I was in India, and I, and I thought, you know when you go places, and you think that you're going there to go and help these people, because that's what we North Americans do, right? We go everywhere, and we think everybody is worse off than we are. And we need to go with our, and I'm not going to go back to historicity and look back at things, uh, but we often end up messing stuff up worse than they were before. 
But anyway, I went, and I'll never forget, I went on a mission trip, and I went to go and, 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 and meet up a friend that I have there. And, and while I was there, you know, those people, I'm telling you, they, the people I went to serve ended up blessing my socks off. I mean, these people, they were more generous than I could ever think of being. And the people that I thought that I was going to give stuff to, they were, whether it was a button, whether it was a few, whether it was a, a few rupees, that was a lot to them. And they were going out of their way and their desire was to take care and to feed and to make sure that everything was taken care of by the people who were there and that uh, those of us who were there to visit. And it blew me away. But then I realized the Lord gave me the revelation that these people, even though they're in a position that I may look at her, that you may look at her, that we in this side of the world may look at and think it's worse off they know that the lord is their shepherd and even though their situation may be in a position where it may look like they were lacking resources they were actually in a and many of them are in a better position in christianity they are in a better position than many of us are in this context with christianity are you with me this morning and so look, God's desire is for us to be in a place of contentment and to be in a place of peace. And this is why, you know, I want you to understand this as we go back to the, the passage. He says, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he says, I shall not want. Then he goes on and he says in Psalm 23, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Somebody say, he makes me to lie down. Makes me to lie down in green pastures. He says he, this is, this is something that's so powerful because his whole desire, and I say this all the time and I want you to get this, God's desire is for your life and for you to be in a place of peace, not pieces. I want you to just confess this over your life. I want you to just confess this, just, just touch yourself and say, God wants me to live in peace, not pieces. God's desire is not for you to be in a place where you are living in pieces, where everything is always, your mind is always in 5,000 different places. He wants you to not to be immoved by the surroundings that you're in. As David is making it clear, he makes him to lie down in green pastures. He, he, he wants him to be in a place of peace, not pieces. And he says, because Jesus is walking with him, he goes on and he says, he makes me to lie down and greet pastor. He leads me beside still waters. Everybody say still waters. Watch this. This is powerful. This is, it is, it is difficult for sheep to drink from a river that is moving. And so the shepherd will lead them in a place of peace beside still waters. So that it's easy for them to receive the nourishment that they need in that moment. Oh my, it's like the difference, watch this, when I'm talking about peace, God, watch this, it's the difference between drinking from a fire hose and drinking from a cup. It's difficult for me to catch what it is that God is trying to give me. And if, if I'm drinking from something or if I'm, a, if I'm in a position where it's erratic and there's turmoil. And so God's desire is for us to be positioned beside the still waters. Somebody say the still waters. In other words, undisturbed waters is what he's talking about. And this is where it is that we are supposed to be feeding. I want to give you point number three. Can I give it to you? Here it is. Point number three will be on the screens for you. Says we need to rest in God to get the rest of God. Oh, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. We need to rest in God 
to get the rest of God. Watch this. You, many of us, the rest of God, meaning the rest of what God has to offer us, the rest of who God is to us, we need to rest in him. We need to live in a place of peace. You too busy trying to drink out of a fire hose when God is trying to lead you to still waters. His desire, his desire is for us to be in a place of peace, not pieces. It's difficult for us to get the rest of God, what God has for us. If we are in a place where we're walking in anxiety, this is why I want you to understand that Jesus walks with you and his desire is to lead you to still waters, undisturbed waters. Philippians chapter four, verse six says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When Jesus is walking with you, you can be in a place of peace. But his desire, there are many of you, you won't keep still. And that's why you can't get what God has for you because you won't stop moving all over the place. And sometimes it is that we have to rest. There are many of you that God has given you the ministry of shut up and stop it. As my grandmother would say, the ministry of keep your bottom quiet. Stop moving. Stop going places. Stop running helter skelter. If God has revealed step one, come on, you be faithful on step one. Come on, because oftentimes it is difficult for me to get what God is trying to give me while I'm moving all over the place. We need the rest of God in order to get the rest of God. And then I want to give you this last one. Can I give you this last point? It says he restores my soul. He leads me oh no no watch this he leads me beside still waters verse 3 he restores my soul he leads me in the path of righteousness or down the right path for his name's sake then verse 4 says even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me look at this here's point number four last point for you are you with me oftentimes watch this God's direction isn't just about navigation. It's for our restoration and his reputation. <sighs> look, look, look. It says, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. The challenge that many of us have is that we think that God is not with us when there's challenges in our lives. But it says that he restores my soul. I love that the Bible doesn't just talk about God as a protector, but he also talks about him as being the lifter of our heads. God is not just a protector, but he's also a lifter. And as sheep, as individuals that are walking with and being led by Jesus, we have to understand that God will lead us. And sometimes his leading is not just about navigation, but it's about him bringing us to a place of restoration. I hear you, Holy Ghost. And I just want to take a moment to just lean in to some of you who feel like God is not with you because of the turmoil that you are facing in your life right now. Because you may be going through the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm here to tell you that even if you are in a hellacious situation, that God is with you. Come on. His rod and his staff will comfort you 
you. He is here to be a lifter and a restorer of your soul. Even when you go in the wrong direction and you mess up and sometimes the shepherd may have to break the leg of the sheep in order to stop it from going astray and get it back in the path of righteousness. But the fact of the matter is that you can trust that Jesus has your well-being and your restoration in mind if he is leading you and it's not just about getting you from point A to point B. Somebody say, he restores my soul. And then not only that, but he says, and this is why I love Matthew, 20, Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is the Lord, when Jesus is walking with you, he desires to give you rest. He desires for you to be in a place of peace. And this is his desire. And then he goes on, he says, he does this for his namesake. It's for his reputation. I love this. You know, when we were growing up, our parents, and I'm bringing this plane down for a landing, but our parents, there were certain things that they, you, I couldn't leave the house looking a certain way. Because my parents, come on somebody, because I had their last name. They're like, boy, you're not going out there embarrassing me looking so. There are certain things that I was not allowed to do. There are certain things that I was not allowed to. There are certain things that they would jump into and intervene on. There are situations that they would jump into and would not allow to go awry. Why? Because their reputation was at stake. And yes, God is who he is, but, but because we are named as his, because we are his sheep, because we are, because we are his children, he has a reputation that he is going to stand for. And so if you are in a situation, this is why David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The fact that he says the shadow of death means that death is present. Because something couldn't cast a shadow unless it wasn't there. That's right, that's right. And so it can be symbolic as if it's a hellacious situation where it hasn't engulfed or overtaken him or because death, death can be literally so near that you're in its shadow. Some of you, you're in a position during this season where you've lost loved ones and the shadow of death is closer than it has ever been. And you're there and so you feel it and the years, every Christmas around this season, I just miss my grandmother, man. And it's challenging. So some of you are under the shadow of death because it's present and it's there. But he says, I'll fear no evil. And then David, even as an old man, you know, he's facing death ultimately. And he's in a position where sometimes the shadow of death may be there, not just because you are in the shadow of death, but because death may even be coming or may be in a position where at some point we will have to face death but how many of you know that when the lord is your shepherd you don't even have to fear death because death is not even the end oh my you can go through life and whether you're in its shadow because it's around you or even if it comes for you to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord and i'm so glad that we have hope come on because jesus is walking with us that soon and very soon even death is not the end and how do i know that death is not the end if i could bring this plane down for the landing is because the bible lets us know that almost two thousand years ago that when jesus 
Jesus was in a position where he was whooped in his back by a cat of nine tails, a whip that had broken bones and shells on it. Come on. And they whipped him and they tore, they tore as he was going through the valley of the shadow of death. They tore his flesh out of his back and they hung him on a cross. Come on, somebody. They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. They pierced him in his heart sack and blood and water came gushing out. And, and not only this, but they went the whole way and the shadow of death was not just a shadow where it actually engulfed him and he went in the grave but the Bible makes it clear that even though he was in the grave that three days later somebody ought to be excited about it he returned that grave and he got up somebody say he got up he got up with all power in his hand and now those of us who put trust and faith in him not even death is the end when Jesus is your shepherd. And we don't go through life tripping and worrying because God is faithful even in the face of death and hellacious situations. 